Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings, Marley mates, and welcome back to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast. I'm excited to come back to you once again. It's always a pleasure to sit here and record because I like talking to you, and um, it's fun. Even though it's a one-way conversation, I like to still think of it as like a conversation because we're just telling stories here, and hopefully you get something out of it. Maybe... I don't know, a little inspiration. Maybe you get an idea to try out something here and there. You never know. Try it out for size. So we're going to talk about a couple of pieces, actually three pieces today. And they are all three upcycled thrift shop sculptures-ish. I will tell you that these are quite unique in and of themselves And I just went ahead and just destroyed them even more so. And I'm going to talk about three. Two of them are a set, and I'll save those for kind of the second half of the show. But they are definitely unique pieces. They're definitely the type of thing you look at and you're like, what? What? You sure about that? And the first one that I'm going to talk about is untitled. They're actually all three untitled because I wouldn't even know where to begin with coming up with something for these guys. Absolute madness. The first one that I found, it was on April 2nd. I was in a Goodwill uh, locally and I always like to peruse the toys, of course, the... um, I'll go over to the art and or um, frame section just to see what kind of gems they might have lying about in there. And then I like to look at the kind of the tchotchkes and the different mass-produced statues and things of that nature. And this store is kind of uh, a wide-open layout. It had aisles like everything else does but the tops the the tops of the aisles were fairly low and then they had very high ceilings so you could almost stand at any point relatively nearby and see what was on the top shelves and i was kind of in a in the back 
corner of the store making my way towards one of these. And I saw this piece from a distance and it was something that absolutely caught my eye. There was no denying. I saw this and I'm like, oh my God, just looking at it from the back, it was the back of it. I already knew that this was destined to be just absolute clown shoes and sure as shit it was. I walked up and from behind, it looked like these two giant mammoth hands, giant, I'm talking like Andre the Giant size hands, like massive. These things are, are ridiculous. It would You could crush a skull of a third grader. Why would you? That's weird. But like these things are huge. They're just enormous hands. And that was from the back. And so then I walked into the aisle. I could see it from the front. And I'm like, holy hell, this thing is fucked. I got to tell you, like, it is just absolute gaudy. Like, I don't know who the hell would have this in their home. Obviously, nobody anymore because it was dope. But let me just tell you, from the front, if you thought the description from the back was crazy, the front was just something special. Um Holy hell. From the front, it was as bad as I imagined. Maybe worse. Imagine, if you will, a very ornate base. Just kind of like a solid one piece. The whole thing's one piece. A rectangular, fancy little platform with a book, presumably the Bible, open in the center. The pages kind of rolled up on the edges. The hands, these giant mammoth hands, these man hands from the, I don't know, caveman era of Cyclops proportions, protruding from this Bible, and in the center is the Last Supper. Now, it's not uh, a long, slender table with everybody on one side, it's more like JC and his pals all just kind of gathered around this this smaller table. It almost looks like they're in that back corner booth of the club somewhere, you know what I'm saying? And then down below, kind of where the wrists meet the, the pages, there's a little bit of um, flower, roses, something, leaves, yada, yada. And that's it. Like, that's the piece. And outside of a little bit of color on the on the roses, which they have a little bit of a kind of a maroon burgundy finish with just a, a light gold brush over top and some green leaves. The rest of it is all monochromatic. It's just like a very kind of dingy cream color, very just natural. And then there was somewhat of a like a brown wash over top of it so that all that detail in the sculpt itself was captured and kind of wiped away. And then you've got like all these, these details in the figures. Now, I will tell you that this is disturbing on so many levels. And when you go onto the Facebook, you'll see the befores and afters. I didn't really have to do much to this. I did a lot to it. But I didn't really need to. Like I looked at it and it was already creepy as shit. And I tell you what, like it had all these disciples 
right? Everybody's sitting around ordering pizza or whatever they do. And they had the creepiest ghoulish faces. All their eyes are sunken in. Their mouths are like open. They just look like a bunch of ghouls sitting around eating gabagool. You know what I'm saying? Gabagool. And it was nuts. So I'm like, I am not going to leave here without this. And I turned it into something disturbingly worse. Um, I, I am very fond of it, but it's definitely quite graphic in terms of just implied color usage. What I mean by that is I took the hands and I repainted the entire thing. I won't start with the hands. Let me start with the base and I'll work my way up. So the base itself, like I said, it's almost like a platform. It has a series of different layers as if you would imagine like some molding around the edges. Figure this like rectangular thing that kind of cascades up. And I painted that black. I painted the whole thing black. And then I went over the base with some bronze and gold and copper type metallic paints just to just to kind of pick up on some of that detail but had the black show through so it was fairly dry brushed and then you work your way up and you had the book and so the book i also kind of left that somewhat of a cream color but i highlighted the actual pages of the book with more shading i highlighted with shading that makes a lot of sense I was able to fill in a lot of those cracks and details with that black wash, just kind of like a, I don't know, just like a, a way to draw out all of that, that detail in the initial sculpt. And then I, even though I repainted the flowers and the leaves, I kept them as the same color scheme as they were. Everything is very dark. Like it's, I used reds and, and greens, obviously black and, and those metallics, but it's got a very dark look to it. It's very morbid in terms of just the, the color scheme itself. So now I will focus on the hands. The hands, I treat it as if they were its own, their, their own thing. And I actually built a, kind of a story around the hands themselves where they look corpse-ish, they look very zombie-like as if they were kind of coming up out of the ground obviously if they were coming up out of the ground they wouldn't be coming up in the in the manner in which they are but they're very dead they have shades of mostly gray and blues and blacks but it, they look very bruised i used some purples and reds and some blues to very much discolor the skin tones so that it looks bruised it looks, it, I almost treated this like a makeup application for some zombie effects. And there's a lot of discoloration in terms of just looking beaten and bruised as, as zombie hands may look. But my favorite part of what I did with the hands was the blood splatter. And it's not like a very gruesome and over-the-top grotesque you know, excessive amount of blood. It's it's almost like in line with the bruising. It's very much splattered, but not from a a thrown type of way. It's almost like 
the way the skin reacts sometimes from internal blood blistering and things of that nature. I mean, there's definitely some topical elements to it, but it's definitely a uh, an interesting texture. And I love it. I really love how it came together. All the fingernails are painted black and they have different degrees of uh, weathering and almost as if they're just nasty and broken and chipped and gross. And then you've got the cast of characters themselves. So you got my man Jesus right in the middle, right? He's, he's the dude. But what I did was I draped them all in very dark, dark red, almost, almost maroon, burgundy cloaks. Like all their robes are all the same color. And like I said before, their faces are already crazy. Like the, the eyes, the way they're sculpted, they were all just like, they look like a bunch of skeletons standing around anyway. So, so I made it as such. I, I painted all their faces like skeletons, like their whole heads and hands, their arms, any appendages that were showing that were outside of the cloaks were painted black. And then I detailed skeleton faces and skeleton hands over top of their already existing body parts. And then with the sunken eyes and the way that the sculpts naturally fit, like it just works. It's the table itself is just black. The tablecloth, there's only a, a small section that you can kind of see in the middle is black. And even the, the dishes and everything on there, the food, the piece of the chicken wings, it's all, it's all black. And there are a bunch of skeletons just kind of cutting up, hanging around. And um, it's nasty. I have coming down, dripping from kind of the where the palm is, where the thumb, the big meaty section of the thumb, that's kind of exposed. So I have big, like long, dripping black marks. I, I'm not sure what you want to call it, just some kind of gross ooze that's dripping down from the thumbs, like basically in, in the hands. Like it's like they're holding this group of people but it's like they're emerging out of this liquid whatever and it's just kind of seeping down and then it leaks down onto the book and then it leaks down onto the actual platform itself and so the whole thing just flows like the whole piece just flows together and it goes from one thing to the next to the next and so i finished it on 30 april like i said i found it on 2 april and I think I held off on working on it for quite a while because I was just not entirely sure what I wanted to do with it other than I knew that it already had some significant inspiration already because just it was just so bizarre. It would, I, I've never seen anything. I, I take that back. I've seen stuff like it. I've seen different variations or renditions of this, but nothing to this magnitude. I mean, the thing is huge. It's like 12 inches high it, or across. It's 14 inches high. And it's like eight inches deep. I mean, this thing is no joke. I'm trying to visualize like where somebody would actually display something like this and its intended use. And I've got it on the floor. Like in my apartment, I've got it painted and it's almost like a doorstop. It's that it's that freaking big and heavy. And um, <laughs> it just sits. I've got a I've got a uh, it's, it's like a table that I built out of an old pepsi wooden wooden pepsi crate and i put legs on it and it's perfect size to have stacks of comic books side by side 
So that's sitting in my living room and I've just got this down in front of it and it's huge. And, um, yeah, I just, like I said, I can't even visualize this in its natural habitat, but now you get to visualize it in its new one and wait till I tell you the story of the, the next couple of pieces. Before I start talking about these next two pieces, I want to give a suggestion out there in case anybody is struggling with holiday shopping. I know sometimes it can be hard. You don't really know that right gift to buy for that special person, whatever. In my opinion, you can't go wrong with buying somebody a broken drum. You can't beat it. So the next two pieces that we've got here, I actually started talking about on the last Facebook Live that we did. I just got and finished these um, last month. Actually, within uh, a week of acquiring these, I finished them. Sometimes... I'll see something, like I always see something and get an idea, but sometimes I get so excited about it that I just, I cannot do it fast enough. And these were some of those, that, that style. This was a, a relief, actually a couple of reliefs that were basically um, Victorian era style decor, very, also very specific in terms of where you would see this type of thing. I can't tell you exactly who or why somebody would have something like this, but I guess at the time it was probably something very elegant. It's basically two different pieces and they're about 14 by 14. They're not really anything specifically geometric. They're kind of just somewhat oval in, in shape overall-ish. And they're of two different people. One is a, was the gentleman, one was a lady wearing very fancy and elegant Victorian style clothing and just posing for this, this sculpt. And so in the, in the picture, in the picture, in the, the piece itself, it has the very, very fancy and ornate border. It has a lot of detail and it's very... It's, it's a very deep and structured, textural ceramic piece. I'm, I'm going back and forth speaking in singulars and plurals because they're both practically the same style, but there's one for the man, one for the woman, and they're both kind of sitting on this big, elaborate, I assume, throne of some sort. In the distance behind them, you can see some carved columns and what have you. There's a lot of plant life and flowers and and grass and other foliage around them and along the their feet and so forth and so it's just very very beautiful very serene very obviously wealthy well-to-do type people and how did i acquire these well there is a habitat for humanity restore in uh, an area where i take my cans and bottles back well just cans really for that matter and I go in there every so often, and I just happened to go in there on 11 November last month. And I had seen one of them before when I was in there. And I didn't see the set. I only saw the one. And then I came across them when I was here on this particular visit and saw them both. And there wasn't a price on them, but I was interested because I'm like, I could really do something here with this. And I want to do something here with these. So 
I took him up to the counter, and usually the guy who works there is pretty laid back, pretty loosey-goosey when it comes to just pricing stuff. He just, you know, everything's donated. He just wants to move it. I mean, he's not going to give it away, but it's, it's uh, you know, depending on what it is, he's pretty, pretty easy going. I've gotten like a couple of, I don't know, like uh, hinges or just other just random pieces of hardware. He's like, I don't know, 50 cents, you know, just like that, that laid back. Like usually stuff is priced, but these just happen to not be. So I, I came up and I said, you know, what does this look like to you? I don't see prices on here. Do you, do you know what these are going for? And he looks at me and he's like, eh, how about 20 bucks a piece? And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, they're, they're pretty awful, but, and I could do some stuff to them, but I, that's kind of out of my price range. He's like, how about two for 20? I'm like, yeah, that's still really more than I'm really comfortable paying. It's not really, I'm kind of a nerd on a budget. I'm not trying to spend a fortune on something like this. And he's like, yeah, how about the pair for 10 bucks? And I was close to being like, yeah, all right, I can go with that. I'm like, yeah, it's still kind of a little beyond what I'd like to, to get them for. He's like, well, what do you think? I'm like, I don't know. How about five bucks? He's like, all right. That was just that easy. And I wasn't trying to be a cheapskate about it, but I wasn't trying to spend a fortune either. And he was just totally cool. He's just like, yeah, whatever. He's like, honestly, these things have been in here for like six months. They haven't moved. You know, I'm just, I'm happy to see him go. I'm like, good enough. He's like, they're actually worth money. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like, how could these be worth money? He's like, no, we, we looked them up and they're worth some money, but nobody wants them. And I'm like, of course they don't want them because they're just, they're dated. They're just not really something you see right now. You'd have to have a very specific type of decor and even a house for that matter for these to fit into. So I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks. And I, I brought them home and I tried to research them online by like looking up the, using the Google image search thing and whatever. And I could only find one of them. And the one that I found was actually going for $125, but it's okay. Cause I destroyed it anyways. And I definitely was excited about working on these. I'm really happy with the way they turned out. I'm going to talk about one first and then I'll finish with the the cream always rises to the top. My favorite one there, the, the cream of all the three of these things. I don't even know what that means like to describe something as the cream, but it's an opportunity to, to macho man in there. Usually I would be in the habit of saying ladies first, but I, I'm going to save the, the lady for the, for the end as the finale. So I'm going to start with the gentleman. And he was just kind of sitting there on his throne. The whole piece... Is very, very light originally. It was just, it was embellished with some light, light pastels and just very, very faint colors. And so it was very monochromatic as well. And I kind of took the opposite effect and decided to make it extremely dark. And this is, I don't know. I don't know where you would see this, but it's definitely something that if you look at it, as a set, you would see that they absolutely go hand in hand and it is utter chaos of what it has become. So let's say I start with the, the border. It has a very ornate and intricate border. I actually painted over all of the embellishments with a flat black and then once again went over them with a bronze dry brush just again to help draw out all that detail 
in the original sculpt, but the black works as a base and it shows through when you're only just skimming the surface and it really makes it pop. And then I also did it one more time with a little bit of gold in there. But that was that was the foundation that kind of literally frames the entire piece. At the bottom, I have some sculpted roses. And you know what? The more I look at these pieces, I never really thought about until I just combined that other uh, first piece with these. Like they could actually, even though they were very much different subject matter, the way that they're sculpted, they could actually almost work together. The whole color, it, it actually, yeah, holy crap. That could be a one giant display piece, like this big jacked up altar. All right, so back on track here. The flowers are pink. I went with pink roses, green leaves, and I layered all of the paint. So it's not just a basic color scheme. It's very, very layered when it comes to a number of different shades. So the grass, the leaves, it has several layers of different shades of green, browns in there. With the roses, it had some white, some pink, some red, but I didn't want it to be too obvious. And then the background has a very distinct <laughs> series of columns and sculpts, and the whole thing is just a blaze. I've got the entire background behind the gentleman just up in flames. There's all sorts of reds and yellows and, and, and oranges, and the town is literally just burning around him. I kept the throne fairly as it was. I may have gone over a couple of spots with some metallic just to make it show a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a gilded appearance, but for the most part, that stayed about the same. Now, what I did to this gentleman was a lot of fun. I sculpted over top of him. He had like a, an open front, long lengthy cloak or robe or something, but his legs were exposed. So instead I decided to sculpt over top of that. So it looks just like he's wearing one giant large cloak. His legs are encased. His feet are sticking out ever so slightly. And I sculpted a hood over top of his shoulders and head. And he's holding on to a staff, like this long cane or some type of a rod. And I think that really helps work in this piece where you wouldn't typically see something like that. But what I did was I painted over the entire body of his again in flat black but then I used several shades of red to make it like a red cloak and ultimately finished with a very similar to the, the first piece of the Last Supper with the hands and whatnot with a uh, very dark burgundy colored cloak and what I was going for with this is that I basically recreated the Misfits Crimson Ghost and the original image of that, you'll see him in a red attire type cloak like that, very dark and sinister. And I painted the hands as a skeleton and then the face was the classic, painted it black and then the crimson ghost skull over top of that. The cane that I mentioned, 
I was able to kind of capture different spots of that where like the light just hits it just right so you can see a little bit of gold shimmering down on that gold cane and it really just kind of stands out from the rest of the piece. Now something that I also added that wasn't part of the original design beyond the paint and beyond the sculpt that I used Model Magic for the uh, to sculpt the details on the on the gentleman was I added several jumbo flies. I, and when I say jumbo, like what I use, they're just like prop flies from that I got in a large batch at Halloween time. And on the piece, they look enormous. They would be like the size of like a like a gerbil to scale as far as the the guy goes. But I don't know, maybe maybe even a little bit bigger than that. Maybe like guinea pig size, some type of nasty rodent. But these things are enormous and I've got them, I attached them to the couple of the flowers. There's one in his lap. There's, you know, there's one on the front. There's just, there's a handful that are scattered about. And I mounted them with hot glue and just put them on there. And I think they look really cool. It actually makes the piece look even darker, makes it look even just more disturbing and just nasty. And then before it was all said and done, then I took a very significant amount of just a little bit of black paint and watered it down dramatically and just went over the entire thing in a very thin black wash just to fill every last little nook and cranny and let it dry. And I kind of dabbed it off in some spots, but it's cool because the way it responded to the to the back of the of the scene of the fire and stuff, it actually looks like the sky is just filled with with smoke and soot and it's just nasty it's just i love it it really came together nicely super pleased with it now i'll save some time when i talk about the next one because the dimensions are the same the background is practically identical except in reverse because they're basically facing each other or i guess depending on how you hang them they could be facing away from each other but the other one was a most pretty lady and she's got this great big gown great big collar on the gown the the shoulders have these big puffies all this frill and lace and stuff and it's just very fancy and classy and I thought you know this is really pretty but I think I'd like to smash her head off so I did and what I did was I wrapped the head don't worry there's a plan I wrapped the head in uh, like a towel of sorts. And then just ever so gently with a hammer, tried to break it loose because it was just, it's just ceramic after all. But I had plans to reuse the head just in a different spot. So it's still gonna be there. I just had to relocate it. As it turned out, there actually was a metal rod that was in there to help provide structure for the form when casting these in the mold. And so that made it a little bit problematic for me to remove the head, but I was able to, no big deal. Eventually I had to snip off the, the rod that was sticking through. It wasn't very thick. It was about the consistency of a wire hanger. So I was able to remove that, no biggie. But I replaced it with an eyeball. I used this giant eyeball. Well, it's giant on here, but they're... The Dollar Tree every year at Halloween time comes out with these 
packs of, I don't know, nine or 12 eyeball ping pong balls. I get them all the time. I've got dozens of them just like laying around because you, you never know when you're going to need some ping pong eyeballs. You know what I'm saying? So I've used them in a lot of stuff. I've used them on different action figure um, customs and in similar ways where I replace an entire head with a giant eyeball. And so that's what this was. So I added this eyeball, I mounted it with hot glue, and then I was able to use Model Magic and I sculpted around it just to kind of make it form and, and fit right. And then I also took the head and I put the head hot glued as if she's holding it with her hand. And then I was able to use Model Magic and I sculpted uh, just a very disgusting um, bloodied neck that had the severed head and just the all the nastiness kind of hanging off of that. And that's kind of the, the scope of the, the foundation of where I got started. And then I was able to get into the detailed work. I painted the dress that she had on. It was very much the same type of color scheme. I kept it almost as, as it was, only I just made it a little bit darker. So it had like a very light teal color to it. And I kept it that way, but I just kind of made it a little bit more vibrant just to darken it one more time. The, the shoulders have, and the tops of these sleeves, I, I don't really know what how you would describe this. I've never seen it on a garment before, but they were very like oval, round, circular, fluffy, floral things. I don't know, lacy somethings, but they look, when I saw them, I look at them and I see giant mouths. So that's what I turned them into. And what whatever was uh, ornate, decoration on the shoulders has become like a big nasty two like mouths on either side of her arms on her shoulders opposite her eyeball head and I painted the 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 lace all around white to resemble teeth and then the mouths are just wide open like large bloody uh, like almost like a giant Audrey 2 looking thing where you can't even see anything but the giant mouth and it's got like drips down and it's just nasty. And I've got blood, not like splattered or gory or, you know, but just very much strategically placed down the front of her, on her dress, around her feet. And it's kind of almost like dried, kind of soaked in blood where it's not just like excessive and gory. I feel like it, it really is done well. I feel like it's actually very neatly placed it has a purpose it's not just random and same thing i did flies all over the place here and i love it I, this is probably one of my favorite pieces of all time like the set themselves but definitely her especially it's um it's just dark and twisted and nasty and i just i absolutely love it and uh, there was no motive behind either one of these things i just kind of saw it um, and I just worked nonstop. Like I had to stop a little bit because of the sculpting that took time, the, you know, the layers, there was a lot of detail, especially within the original sculpt that I wanted to really draw out of it. And when you look at them side by side compared to the original pieces, they're absolutely night and day. Like they're literally night and day. Cause it looks like this is just the upside down, if you will, if, if you think about it in those terms. It's literally the opposite, bizarre world, chaos, madness, just nasty.
it is no surprise that Marley Mates are indeed the greatest listeners in the galaxy. That's right. So whether you decide to support me by listening to the show week after week, tuning in to the Facebook Lives every now and then, or even following me on my social media pages of the Facebook and Instagram, that's greatly appreciated. But I've recently also started a merch shop. If you want to get your hands on some of the coolest Marley Ramones Mad Madhouse of the Dead podcast merch, head on over to Spreadshirt.com and find yours today. We've got logo stuff. We've got original artwork. There's plenty to choose from, and I'm always adding more. Also, I've recently started a Patreon page, and for just $5 a month, the cost of a mocha chocolate bullshit, you could have a membership to Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where with every new subscription, I will send you a personalized video message and mention you by name in a future podcast episode. If you should wish to participate, go on over and check it out. If not, no worries. I love that you keep coming back for more anyways. So I will talk to you soon. Tune in next week. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.